KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. NBC News Radio, I'm Chris Caraggio. Police say the 15-year-old accused in a deadly Michigan high school shooting made a video the night before the tragedy talking about plans to kill his classmates. Ethan Crumbly is accused of killing four students and injuring seven others Tuesday at Oxford High School north of Detroit. His charges include four counts of first-degree murder and one count of terrorism. The news of the video came out during Crumbly's arraignment in court. President Biden is marking World AIDS Day. We are within a striking distance of eliminating HIV transmission. Biden noted that roughly 36 million people around the globe have died from AIDS-related illnesses in the past 40 years. He praised medical advancements that have allowed many AIDS patients to live long lives. December isn't being very kind to stocks so far. The month started off with big gains at the opening bell, but the major indexes lost all that momentum after health officials confirmed the U.S. now has a case of the new Omicron variant. It was found in California. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 462 points, the S&P 500 dropped 54 points, and the Nasdaq fell 284 points. A district attorney in the Philadelphia area wants to reinstate Bill Cosby's sexual assault conviction. Montgomery County DA Kevin Steele is the one who put the disgraced comedian in prison three years ago. Cosby was released over the summer when the Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruled a decision not to prosecute him in 2005 should have prevented him from being charged by the DA in 2015. Variety reports Steele is petitioning the U.S. Supreme Court. Astronauts are rescheduling a spacewalk for Thursday. This after NASA called off the walk earlier this week due to space debris. Officials now say the debris is no longer a risk. The scheduled mission will replace a faulty antenna system on the station's truss structure. Major League Baseball is on the verge of a labor stoppage. The current collective bargaining agreement between team owners and the Players Association expires tonight. There are multiple reports that any last-minute negotiations between the two sides are finished for today. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Attention Medicare recipients and anyone turning 65. Medicare has approved new benefits not included with original Medicare and older Medicare Advantage plans. You may not be getting all of the benefits you're entitled to, including in-home aids, telephone appointments with your doctors, home-delivered meals and prescriptions. These benefits may be available and it's a free call to enroll. The new plans may also offer free eyeglasses, free hearing aids, free wellness visits, and gym memberships. Call the Medicare Benefits Line now. It's easy. Call 800-518-2281. 800-518-2281. Find out if you're eligible for new benefits like meal and prescription delivery, in-home aids, and telemedicine. Some plans may have a $0 monthly premium or zero copays for big out-of-pocket savings. Not all Medicare Advantage plans are alike. The new plans have more benefits for many people. Call 800-518-2281. 800-518-2281. 800-518-2281. Master Builders of America in Santa Ana reminds listeners that there are many military men and women who are serving overseas and on base far from home. This holiday season, Master Builders of America urges listeners to support our troops with morale-fueling care packages. Send the gift of the holiday spirit and a peace of home to those who serve us every day. That patriotic reminder is from Master Builders of America in Santa Ana, where they are proudly supporting our active-duty military and their families. 
Renee Walker of Vila Homes reminds drivers that with the holiday season upon us, our children are counting on your safe driving habits. When you get on the road, remember the three C's of safety, caution, courtesy, and common sense. Safe and sober driving is everyone's responsibility. This reminder from Renee Walker of Vila Homes, representing buyers and sellers all over the Inland Empire. Whether you're selling, buying, renting, or leasing, look to the experts with over 10 years of experience. Call 951-653-6872. That's 951-653-6872. Or visit ReneeWalkerHomes.com. That's ReneeWalkerHomes.com. That's Renee Walker of Vila Homes on the air because they care. For several years, KCAA has been marketing the Longevity brand of nutritional and personal care products. Our experience with Longevity has been 100% positive, so we are pleased to recommend them to you. Regarding nutritional supplements, we recommend Pollen Burst in the berry flavor and Tangy Tangerine 2.0 in the tablet form. For regularity issues, we recommend 3-Day Cleanse, and for personal care, we recommend Morning Hydration Cream. You can shop online for Longevity at www.kcaateam.com or you can order by phone by calling 800-982-3197 and tell customer support that you are part of the KCAA team. Longevity is an American company based in San Diego. Call Longevity at 800-982-3197 and ask about monthly auto ship that allows you to buy Longevity products at wholesale prices. Villanueva Income Tax Services and Ninos Realty in Los Angeles urges listeners to send the holiday spirit to our American soldiers defending our freedoms around the world. Send our gratitude, love, and support from home to our military men and women with cards, letters, and care packages. Their efforts abroad and our support help keep America strong. That's from Villanueva Income Tax Services and Ninos Realty in Los Angeles. They are encouraging listeners to join the effort to deploy the joy this holiday season. This is KCAA. Welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, created and hosted by Scott Knudsen, to explore the crossroads of horses and business. On today's show, Scott visits with head of equine studies at the University of Montana Western, Oily Else. Now here's your host, Scott Knudsen. Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Scott Knudsen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Whether you're listening to us on the radio on KCAA, the NBC affiliate out in California, or watching our podcast on one of our platforms, we really appreciate it. Today, we have a very special guest. Oli Ailes is on the show today. She's a two-time National Rodeo Coach Collegiate of the Year. She's in the Montana Cowboy Hall of Fame, and she's also chair of equine studies at the University of Montana Western. Oli, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you, Scott. I'm really excited. Uh, I'm glad to get to see you again. Absolutely. So Oli and I had the pleasure of meeting Oli in Montana, in Dillon, Montana, at the uh, University of Montana Western and with uh, the Montana Center for Horsemanship, the conference um, not too long ago, Horse, Human, and Nature. And that was just such a special deal. You were on a panel and I got to do my thing and, and I met you there. And I was really honored to meet you. So thanks for coming on. Well, thank you, Scott. And you were the host. And that was that's a, a big thing to be the host. Thank you and, so uh, much. A lot, of, a lot of people there and you kept the discussion going. So that was really a good thing. Thank you. It was just such an honor. I, I'll tell you what, I just enjoyed myself so much. I sure did. So so let's start with the obvious question. So where did you get your nickname? Oli? Well, my real name is Iola. And there's a lot of vowels in Iola and a lot of vowels in Oli. 
And uh, my little brother couldn't say Iola, so the best that came out was Oli, and that stuck. There you go. <laughs> and so I've had it. I've had it for a long time. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. And everybody knew you, and just people would wait to say hello to you. And it has to be such a special feeling. Well, thank you. Thank you, Scott. Yes, absolutely. So, so being a two-time, you know, collegiate national coach of the year, did you, when you were, did you ever plan on that? Or how did you get to that level and being in the well, Hall of Fame? It was um, <clears throat> kind of, kind of default. I, I ended up with the program as the faculty advisor and uh, we had a heck of a run. Uh, we did really well. I'm real excited, Scott. I have with me and I'm, I'm giving it back to him. All but right. I have with me. I don't know if you can see it, but this is uh, the Pendleton number for Ruger Piva. And he won the Pendleton Roundup in uh, 2017. And he gave me his actual number and it says letter buck right on there. Oh my And goodness. I'm giving it back to him and I'm going down to watch him. He made it to his first national finals rodeo. Oh my so, yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited. Um, so I, I retired from rodeo in 2018 mm -hmm. and uh, uh, have been uh, the liaison with the natural horsemanship program all the way through. And I still do a lot of the advising and uh, meet with the recruits when they come to Western. And you were talking about a potential student that might yeah, be coming several. to visit. Yeah. Well, she'll meet with Eric and I wonderful. and uh, tell them about our program and tell them what we do. And it's, it's a one of a kind program and I'm so excited to be a part of it. And I'm, as we would say in the horse world, Scott, I'm getting long in the tooth, but <laughs> I'm still, um, I'm so proud of watching this program grow. So I've had two loves. I've had um, the rodeo team. And uh, when I retired, I started putting everything I could into the horse program. That, that's just, yeah. just wonderful. And I can't wait to talk about it. That's why I was so excited to have you on the show. So growing okay. up, were you involved in rodeo or is this? Um, I grew up over the hill and we're in the southwest corner of Montana. And okay. over the hill is, um, there's a little place in Idaho called Tendoy, Idaho. And I'm from Tendoy. And my mother was um, the postmaster and had a general store. And we had some uh, sheep and horses, and so I, I was I always loved horses. I'm, I'm one of those horse lovers. Absolutely. And so uh, it wasn't. Uh, and, and then I got in. I got into rodeo. I was a, a former Miss Rodeo Idaho, and uh, we went on. And I came to school in Dillon. Uh, loved Dillon. Uh, loved uh, University of Montana Western. Back then, it was Western Montana College. And um, after I received my master's, I came back and I taught here at Western. And so when uh, I met Mr. William Kriegel and he was talking to me about uh, this thing he called natural horsemanship. And I wasn't quite sure, <laughs> Scott, I won't lie to you. I wasn't quite sure what it was. I'd been to a Ray Hunt clinic and uh, you know, I'd done a few things like that. And I thought, well, you know, I want to see what he wants to do with this. And he said, you know, I'd really like to have a degree in this. And at first, you know, Williams, Mr. Kriegel's a visionary. And at first I thought, 
what would a degree in natural horsemanship look like? But it is um, a Bachelor of Science in Natural Horsemanship with option areas. And we have option areas uh, in science. A lot of kids go on and become veterinarians. Uh, we have an option area in business. And many of our students get a double major. And their life might change. They might be in the horse world. As you and I both know, it's a 24-7 world. Absolutely. Um, sometimes your life changes. You have a family but they've got the business degree to fall back on as well. A lot of our students do that. We also have uh, a psychology option and we have a lot of kids that take that and they work in equine assisted psychotherapy. And then we have um, to uh, the instruction area and we're finding out more and more that our students are going out there and they're actually teaching horsemanship and teaching people how to work with horses. And there's a real need for that. And I, I, was, uh, I was really surprised, but there's a huge need for that in the industry. And actually we had talked to the American Border Horse Association and they said to us, you know, um, we had a meeting with them. And they said, this is an area we need people that, can, that are actually going to teach. And so that's when we added the instruction option, and we have a lot of a lot of students that take that. Very. And they're they're placed immediately. So I, you know, I, I mean, there's so. a market. A, a, absolutely, and y'all were the first in the country, I believe, to teach natural yes. horsemanship with a program like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so this is the only program in the country, and we have kids, um, students that, you know, a lot of them maybe will take business with, with just the management option. Right. And we have we have students that have graduated with um, one of our students that took just the management option. And I was so excited uh, is Taylor Narge. And Taylor is uh, one of the marketing people for Ariat. And he's doing really, really amazing. One of our other students, uh, Megan Narge, his sister, uh, Megan Taylor now. Uh, she's with AQHA on membership. And so, you know, um, our kids have gone all over the place. And we have this last, let's see, two years ago, we had four of our students make it into vet school at Washington State. Wonderful. And uh, last year we had two. And, you know, for, for a small college, I mean, we're getting kids into vet school every year as well. Productive yeah. college. Productive. Yes. Um, yeah. My own daughter's a veterinarian. So, yeah. 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 Congratulations. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So, so Lazat's method, is that part of the natural horsemanship program? Uh, what did you ask me, Scott? The Lazat's method? Um, you know, it sure is. And uh, the Lazat's method, uh, William actually developed this method, Mr. Kriegel. Right. right. And um, we teach, it. it's um, based on, you know, it's based on, uh, all of the clinicians over the years, um, you know, basically the Dorrances or Ray Hunt, uh, you know, all the way through, there's, um, we've established the Lassance method and we follow, we follow that. And then we put a huge emphasis to Scott on her behavior. Right. Um, and, and that's, uh, William has uh, had a book that was translated in France little tough to read in French. So yeah, yeah, thank, sure. goodness, thank goodness <laughs> he, he translated it. And uh, we use we use that book for my herd behavior class. 
And, you know, you and I have talked about the horse sale that we have. Absolutely. And so what we did, um, let's see, I think this will be our 12th sale. Uh, we were invited by Montana State University to participate in uh, a cult sale that they had. Well, we didn't have any donations. We didn't have any cults. This was at Christmas time, and Eric and uh, Hoffman, our lead instructor, were like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? So I called um, Don Harrington uh, at that point in time. Don was, I had timed a lot of rodeos, and Don was a rodeo announcer. Don and Shirley, very dear friends. And I called Don and visited with him, and he said, oh yeah, I'll donate a cult, and we'll get started. And we went to the Holland Ranch, and we uh, Chad and Verna Hall had donated some horses, and then we went and uh, Cal and Berkier donated horses. And so we had these donors, and we, we have lots more now. But at first, we started out with three donors. Oh, wow. And yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a big thing. And we actually have a class. We call it Sales Preparation 1 and 2. We're on the block system, Scott. And um, with the block system, a lot of our students will take a morning block and then they're double blocking with the sales prep class working on their colts. So we get the colts uh, usually around the 1st of October. Right. And the, the people bring them all in and then they bring their papers in. The students do all this. We have a class that uh, coincides with this. It's called events management. And one of the instructors, uh, Melanie South, teaches uh, the events management and I help her out a little bit here and there, but um, basically uh, what we do is the students, they do everything. They do every part of it. They do the catalog, uh, they compile the papers, they write the descriptions on the horses. We put on this event with the sales prep class and with the events management class. And it's one of the best teaching experiences uh, that you could possibly have because uh, you're putting on a major event. Last year, we had about 450 people that attended. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, well, you know, it, it was our first year in the new center, the Montana Center for Horsemanship. It was our first year in there. Beautiful the place. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's been a work in progress, Scott. Absolutely. Every year it gets better. Yeah. You know, I, but uh, we were just happy to get bathrooms. So I won't lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> And oh, a little my. bit of heat. Yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. But, but going back on with this, um, so our donors have stayed with us. Mm -hmm. uh, we go out with the herd behavior class. We get to meet the mares. We observe the foals. We get to watch the yearlings. We get to watch the two-year-olds. We get the three-year-olds in sales prep. We get to help wean. We get hands-on experience. Uh, writing descriptions, taking photographs for AQHA. Um, you know, this is in her behavior, actually, you know, getting to watch uh, a mare and a foal at the most stressful time of their life. Uh, right. You know, the baby being weaned, the mare losing the baby. And so a lot of hands-on experience and it all ties together. Our culminating event is the horse sale. And this year it is April 2nd at the Montana Center for Horsemanship, and it starts at one o'clock. Wonderful. So, yeah, we're, we're really excited. But, you know, it's funny how it just all worked out 
with the natural horsemanship program. And there are some wonderful horse herds in uh, Beaverhead and Madison County that are real close. Wow. All, that's... all registered court horses, yeah. Scott will be right back with more from Oily Elves. Hi, I'm Scott Knutson, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Today, we're gonna to talk about something I'm really passionate about. Those that know me, know I love my coffee. Those that don't, now you know I do. And we've been working on this for several months and we, we wanted to get it just right. And we don't put our name on anything unless we feel 100% certain it's, it's the best product we can get. And uh, we, we've done it, I really believe we've done it. We've created a coffee line, 13 great flavors. I'm gonna show you three of them. We have K-Cups in all 13 flavors. Here's a Jamaican Me Crazy. It's a, just a really great coffee. Everyone has great logos. It has a brand, the same brand that's on our horses, our trailers. You know that brand means something and we wouldn't put it on here if it wasn't good coffee. We have whole bean. This is a great Honduran blend and uh, it's a whole bean coffee. We have whole bean in all 13 flavors. And then we have a ground coffee. Uh, this is a really great one. My wife and I really like this a lot, loved it. So we named it after our daughter, Hades Glenn. Everyone has the packaging and the logo of the show, our brand, and I hope you like it. I, I really believe you will. And we're gonna have more flavors coming out soon. We're gonna have the pumpkin spices and then we're gonna go to peppermint after that. And please send us your suggestions as well. You can find it at cowboyentrepreneur.shop. Think coffee shop, cowboyentrepreneur.shop. Thank you so much. So when we talked the other day, you were in the field with students winging horses. So, and what, can you explain um, to maybe somebody listening that's never been around horses, what does winging a horse mean? Uh, what, what was I doing, when, Scott? When, when we taught you were in the pasture and y'all were winging horse, y'all were separating them. Oh, off. we were weaning. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, you and your and your Texas accent. Man, I, I do have an accent. Anyway, we were invited by Mark Harrington, who mm -hmm. was uh, one of our founding, founding families, Don Harrington and Shirley. Uh, we went up to the Grasshopper, which is out uh, out in the big hole. We went up to the Grasshopper, and it's probably 20 to 30 miles from campus. And Mark ran all the mares in, and we separated the mares and the colts. And then um, Mark called the mares down, or, or you know, turned the mares back out and hauled the babies over to the the ranch, and we've gone and checked on them. Uh, you know, to see how they were doing and if they were eating. And it, it gives our students a chance um, to really see just how stressful weaning is when you take the baby away from the mama. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was, it's, it's a great experience, but we're, it's, we were up in the hills and it's, uh, you know, Mark had to, had to run them in and, uh, you know, a lot of big country out there, but it, it gave our students a chance to, we wormed his mares. Uh, we had the opportunity to worm his mares. We took uh, pictures for AQHA. They want, you know, the four views, the front, the side, the back, uh, and then complete descriptions on all the paperwork. It was a great hands-on experience, but basically weaning is separating uh, the bull from the mother. So, so with the students, you know, I mean, you immerse them into the industry. 
does somebody say if they're listening to us on KCAA or watching our podcast and they're like, I've never been around yeah. horses, you know, can I still go? Or this is something I might look at is, or, I mean, how could they get involved with this program? Well, um, you know, call admissions. We're, we would love to have you come. Um, you know, this is a hands-on program and right. it fits in this block system that I was talking about because, um, you know, you're, you're immersed in the industry. You're actually out in the field learning, learning um, the methods that different people use. Uh, and it's not everybody that gets a chance to be uh, where you've got a lot of experienced horsemen that can actually teach you, you know, and um, that's, uh, that's so important to have, you know, some of the people that have been in the industry uh, tell you what the, the pros and cons of raising, of raising horses. I mean, you know, there's injuries, there's all sorts of things. And so we're looking at um, trying to handle everything uh, low impact, um, trying to make sure that nothing's injured or hurt. And back to your question, how do people come? Uh, call us. Call us. Uh, I'm Ole Else, University of Montana Western, Eric Hoffman. You know, we're both here and uh, give us a call and we'll call you back and we'll visit with you about our program because we're really proud of it. I, I, well, you should be. It, is, it really is an incredible program and, and, and the students are just so fun to be around. I, I enjoyed them so much when I was up there. But, uh, you know, for other people that maybe weren't as fortunate as we were growing up in the industry, it, you know, being, getting that welcome into the industry with that kind of education is, is, is very strong. It's very beneficial. And it's a great way to get into the horse industry. Right. Um, the, the thing that's happened is very few people are teaching this. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have the opportunity to literally, well, one of the most unique experiences we have, we were out yesterday and we were up at uh, the Jack Hershey Ranch out in the Big Hole. And uh, Brooke Hershey met us there. Um, Brooke, uh, I've known her since she was a baby. And they have a set of uh, bucking horses. And so they're cold-blooded. Uh, they're a way, they act way different than a domesticated herd of horses. These have been raised out on a lot of ground, out in the big hole, on a lot of country. And uh, there's been uh, one year, I think, out of this little herd of horses, I think there was uh, 15, 15 colts that had just been weaned. And out of that particular herd of horses, believe it or not, one year and nine of them went to the national finals rodeo oh my and there's goodness. there's going to be a few of them out of there too i know lunatic party will be there you know that were raised from this herd so our students have the opportunity to you know compare the behavior of the bucking horses and you know just just to see how they how they how different they are as far as a herd versus a domestic herd of, uh, of uh, Hershey horses that are, you know, and, and they're, they're big boned. Um, they've, they're uh, run and bred, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, Peppy Sam Badger and there's um, Spirited Dasher and they, they've got some uh, 
first down dash. They've got some amazing bloodlines, but they've also got really heavy boned horses that can hold up to that kind of country. Right. And they've got good feet, good bone. And, you know, we go visit uh, all these ranches and you get a chance to, you know, see what their breeding program is, see what they're doing with it. And so great opportunity, Scott. Absolutely. Terrific opportunity. Yeah. Absolutely. And to get a, get to work with you too, that's that's going to be a special deal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying you and Eric and the whole team up there is just so welcoming. And it's it's a really great opportunity to learn and to enjoy the program and get in the industry. In, in in a big way and a network, which is so important. Well, thank you. Yes, absolutely. Well, we're we're excited that we're excited you came up and got to visit with us. You know, oh, I mean that's so that's fun. a big deal to us. Yeah. Oh, come on. It was so much <laughs> fun. So so let's talk about you. So uh, all the pictures. You know, I did my research before the show. There's this beautiful <laughs> red jacket and a black hat, and and and, and a cowbell. Yeah. Yeah. So where did that come from? Well. Um, years ago, you know, I, I'm a real, I, I'm a strong faculty advisor. I was, you know, never that great a hand or anything. I love rodeo, uh, you know, but I, I did everything I did with for fun. But uh, anyway, I ended up being the faculty advisor and I ended up being the rodeo coach for 30 years. <laughs> and yeah. So so um, I started wearing a red blazer and I started taking a cowbell and I'd ring my cowbell and uh, hence they called me only bells. <laughs> but um, that's that's kind of how it all came about. And uh, I know I've had people at the college finals tell me, boy, we missed you. And I'd, I'd say, um, you know, nice. what do you miss? And they say, we missed your cowbell. And it, it got to be a joke. Uh, the scoreboard, Rusty uh, Bradbury, uh, he'd steal my cowbell, and they they tape it up, and they, you know, it was I was a scorekeeper, so I'd have to ring the cowbell and make sure I got my score in. But in the process of doing all of that, um, cowbells they're all over the place. There was a lot of them at MSU. Anybody that could steal my bell, it was a big thing. <laughs> And I'm superstitious, so I had to have my cowbell. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. So what's it like sitting there and watching one of your former students or somebody that you're really, really close to compete at such a high level? Um, you know, I'm so proud of him, but I think, Scott, I have always demanded that they get a degree. And it's wonderful to see them compete at a high level, but I'm pretty excited when I get to see them walk, walk across the stage at graduation. That's awesome. And uh, I, think, I think that's really important. And I believe that you can compete and get a degree. And that was my goal was to, you know, see that they got a degree and, and uh, had, had an opportunity to go down the road and to compete for University of Montana Western. And we've had, um, we just had a student this last year, Jarrett Monroe just got inducted into our uh, Western Hall of Fame. And he was a 2006 Saddleburn champion. And we've got two more coming up. Um, we've got Wyatt Smith uh, that rodeoed for me. Uh, he, I know he'll be inducted and Taylor Nargang. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of national champions. Our very first 
one of our very first national champions was Sean Davis. And he oh. was uh, general manager of the NFR for a long time. And he's a good personal friend and he was a mentor to me. And I was pretty excited, you know, he, he uh, always made a point of giving me a call and giving me a few pointers. And so that was important too. Oh, that's wonderful. That's so great. Yeah. So, so what's a story from the road, like with a rodeo team? So you're, you're taking your team down the road. What's a funny story? So maybe something behind the scenes that people don't often get to see. Because you're, you're <laughs> well, getting ready for all these events. You have all these, all these university students and, and there's a lot of adrenaline, you know, a lot of excitement. Yeah, there, there is a lot of adrenaline uh, going on. <laughs> I, I always took a van and I traveled with rough stock kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we always had the rough stock, just you know all of the all of the kids in the rough stock events um, they rode with me, and so uh, over the years you know being late, uh, having flat tires, um, you know getting there right before bareback riders want to be there two hours early, and good lord, uh, you know when you have car trouble or anything like that. Uh, it really throws them. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, you know, I mean, I we we'd have to be early, 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 and so that was one of the biggest things. Is you know, you get there with the rough stock van, and the bull riders weren't that excited about it. But my gosh, you had to have your bareback riders there. Um, we had hundreds of stories over the years. I'm trying to think of uh, of uh, you know, I think one of the worst things that probably ever happened to me and I'm just gonna tell you this uh, Jay Hayworth was a two times national champion for me from St. Anthony Idaho and I love Jake he won the bareback riding in uh, 99 turned right around and in 2001 the saddle bark wow. and you don't you don't have you don't have a two eventer like that very often and he did an interview with uh espn and i mean you know we've always kind of had a rule of thumb scott that what happens in the van stays in the van what happens on the road it stays on the road oh no well he might have told too much in that interview and it was all about me and i was uh i was prowling around one night i heard some noise and i was absolutely positive i was i was up you know really thinking if my kids are out and we've got slack at seven o'clock in the morning, boy, I'm going to, so I went out there and I probably didn't have on as much clothing as I should have had. <laughs> I got locked out of my door. Uh-oh. <laughs> got locked out of my room and I had to go down in the lobby. and mm. get a key. And It wasn't my kids, but I was checking on it because I heard the noise, but it wasn't my kids. Uh, we knew we had to be there at seven o'clock and we were there ready to go. No, but, it was absolutely, I mean, they told everything about me being locked outside. <laughs> and I walked in on a room of kids I didn't even know. And then I looked and I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't have a lot of <laughs> So that was a problem. That's that a was problem. a terrible problem. And then to have him tell the story on ESPN, I was like, oh, that kid, that kid. That's <laughs> national champion. <laughs> oh no yeah oh, you don't want to go. thank gosh it was early in the morning and there wasn't a lot of people around thank and goodness the front desk the front desk were really laughing so 
but that was one of the bad ones. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's tough. That's tough, especially yeah. being on ESPN. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Scott will be right back with Oily Else. For more information on Scott Knudsen, the Cowboy Entrepreneur, visit us online at cowboyentrepreneur.com. Hi, I'm Scott Knudsen, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, heard on KCAA, Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific. I'd like to talk to you about something I'm very passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. In the morning, afternoon, and even late in the evening, I enjoy a good cup of coffee almost any time of the day. Now, my team at the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show has been working for several months on creating and introducing our own brand of coffee. We wanted to make sure that we got it just right. We don't want to put our name on anything unless we're 100% certain that it's the best product available, and we've finally done it. We have created a wonderful line of coffees, 13 fantastic flavors offered in whole bean, ground, and K-cups, any way you like to brew your coffee. Now, each of our coffees carries our brand, the very same brand that we put on our horses, our trailers, and our chaps. So you know that this is a quality product. And we only use 100% Arabica beans, the very best beans available. Just listen to some of these wonderful blends and flavors. Jamaican Me Crazy, Honduran San Marcos, Chocolate Cherry Amaretto, Breakfast Blend, and my very favorite, Haley's Blend. A coffee so good, we named it after my daughter. You can order these coffees today by going online to cowboyentrepreneur.shop. That's cowboyentrepreneur.shop. And if you order today, you can get an extra 10% off your final purchase just by entering the promo code COWBOY on checkout. Remember, that's promo code COWBOY for an extra 10% off. Just go to cowboyentrepreneur.shop to order your coffee today. So, so what is the, what are the trophies back there? I see a couple of them. One of them matches your jacket. Well, well I have a whole office full of them. Um, yeah. Plaques. I was, and... I was just going to say some of the ones, well, the ones behind me, um, all the ones on the wall and everything, those are trophies we've won over the years. Uh, this was the 2016-2014 Fall Rodeo Championships. We we have those, and but the walls are full of kids that uh, competed at Western and went to school here. Um, Flint Rasmussen, that's um, with the PBR. Uh, Flint, Flint was one of our kids, you know, was he? look at the, uh, look at the walls. Um, Brad Gleason was a 97, uh, steer wrestling champion of the world. We had Ryan Mapston who won the average at the national finals rodeo. So we have, uh, Jess Martin. I mean, I just sit back here, Rachel Millimack. I just look at all the kids that rodeoed here that have gone on to the finals. And that's, that's really impressive. But one thing I do want to tell you, Scott, and I don't know if Eric talked about it, but, you know, I, I retired from rodeo, but right. the horse kids are my kids too. Sure. And this last year, we received a call and they said, um, you know, we're, we're putting on a collegiate virgin, virgin, uh, version of Road to the Horse. And we'd like to have you come. And I'm like, oh, summertime, you know, uh, you've got kids out on internships, you've got kids with jobs, and um, they wanted us to put together a team, a collegiate team. So Eric, it was kind of whoever picked up their phone, 
And so he put together a team, took him down to, um, we went down to Utah down, uh, by Salt Lake, uh, West Jordan. And uh, our kids uh, won the collegiate version of Road to the Horse. So wow. that was that was a big deal for the summer. You know, I mean, I mean, we really weren't planning on it. We didn't know we were going to be doing it. And it's a huge decided, deal. You know, we'll go. That, that's a huge took, deal. Yeah, we took um, James Ramirez, um, Jake Christensen, and uh, Katie Ross. And James is from over by Manhattan, Montana. Jake's mm -hmm. from Buffalo, Minnesota. And uh, Katie's Elko, Nevada. So, and, and they did very, very well. That, that's just amazing that um, yeah. you know, did so well and you put it together, but seizing that opportunity, you know, yeah. that's something that I think is so important for anyone listening or watching, just when you have that opportunity, taking it and yeah. making the most of it, you never know what's gonna happen. No, you don't. And we learned so much. Each of the kids, you know, they had a score sheet. Um, they had the opportunity to, you know, to visit with the judges, find out strengths and weaknesses. But basically, it was a two-day event, and they started a cult. So, wow. and everybody had their part. You know, everybody groundwork. Um, you know, uh, actually getting on the horse. You know, tacking. Well, first of all, tacking the horse up and all of that. And, sure. and so that was what they did, and it was it was a, you know, a really big event for us because we really weren't planning on going to anything like that, and all of a sudden it came about. And Eric says, "What do we want to do?" And we decided we're going. That's awesome. I love that so much. And 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 having the conference here, you took another opportunity and just yeah, made yeah. it so great, you know, with with that's the, right. With, with, and and that I think that's a lesson for anyone, whether you're in the horse industry or not, just taking that opportunity. Well, you know, if it's if it's out there, sometimes you seize the moment. So absolutely. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So but so back to rodeo. So so the sport mm -hmm. is growing and and what do you see for the next 10 or 15 years to help it? get even larger and get to more mainstream because it really is growing um, to people that I don't, you know, I wouldn't think would be watching it. The next day they, they might see the hat or the boots and they're like, Hey, did you watch the rodeo last night? Or did you watch this on TV? And, and uh, that's encouraging. Well, I think um, one of the big things, you know, um, last year, I don't think anybody thought they were, we were going to have an NFR. Right. And, uh, you know, they ended up taking it to your great state of Texas. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. And I mean, they put on a heck of an event in very short notice. Yes. And this year it's back in Vegas. Um, you know, there's uh, a lot of COVID restrictions. Uh, you know, you have to wear a mask. I know I've been getting all my masks out and getting ready to go. I got you. Um, but I, I, I honestly think that, People are tired of sitting at home. Uh, the one thing the whole family can do is go to a rodeo. You know, right. you take the kids and you drive them to a rodeo. And I think a lot of people are just, um, I know uh, my both of my boys' uh, kids are, are uh, rodeoing right now in, in uh, high school. And they load up as a family and they take off and they go for the weekend and um, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of family sport and, you know, I mean, it, I'm concerned Scott, because, you know, gas is so high and, and everything, but I think people are still going to try to 
work it in and get to these rodeos. And um, I think I think a lot of people are just excited to see different sports mm -hmm. and learn more about how uh, how horses are used and what people use horses for and what kind of horses they use. So that's that's kind of what I can tell you. That's awesome. That, that's so great. Yeah. I, I think doing the road to the horse and I think uh, the conference um, yeah. with, uh, you know, I, I think those are ways to get people involved in the horse industry. And then all of a sudden it spurs mm -hmm. to the rodeo industry and it just kind of feeds off each other. Right. Well, I had an interesting job um, when I when Mr. Kriegel first came on board with us and he was our benefactor and still is. Um, but when when he came on board, I ended up with a rodeo team and I ended up with a horse program. And it's not it's not necessarily a marriage um, that's that's completely perfect, but you find out real quick your common denominator is the horse. Absolutely. And 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 that's and whether it be the bucking horse, whether it be uh, the barrel horse, whether it be the team roping horse, whether it be the show horse. And, and the one thing that I've tried to stress in my years here at Western is don't criticize a discipline. Learn about it. Learn about what's involved. Learn about what happens in these disciplines. Um, you know, we've been lucky enough to have clinicians up here. We've had um, Brian Newbert. Uh, we've had Joe Walters come. Um, We've had, um, you know, just 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 really good people come up here and uh, and give these give these students a chance to be better horsemen. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter your discipline; you can right. always learn. Absolutely, I learn every day. Mm -hmm. You know, every day. Oh, you do. Yeah. And I I sit back and you know I'll watch a class and I'll think, gosh, I didn't know that. You know, it's it's. Uh, and and you'll see you'll think geez well that that's working right. so anyway that's that's pretty interesting yeah, yeah. I, I love that aspect i love you saying that because you can learn from every discipline and and uh sure you you know, oh my goodness there's so much to learn about the horse and and you right. know well, we can't teach each other the horse to teach us if we'll just listen and that's what's right. so fun if you just give them enough space Right. Well, the one thing that, like in her behavior, um, you know, William published published uh, a behavior book, and we also use a lot about the silent communication of the horse. That you know, we've we've taken this horse, and absolutely by force a lot of the times made them do something without really understanding how they communicate, how they think. What's best for the horse? And, you know, back in my day, because I told you I'm long in the tooth, but back in my day, people got, you know, people made really good horses because they had wet saddle blankets. Right. They did a lot of riding. They rode everywhere they went. You know, you see people now, they grab a four-wheeler. They grab, you know, a side-by-side. -side. Okay. <clears throat> well, the one thing that I've tried to teach our students is, is we're not using the horse like we used to. You have to understand the nature of the horse. We hit Dr. Miller's identified 10 characteristics of a prey animal. Um, you know, how does a horse see? How does it, you know, I sit back and I think, holy cow, here's this animal that's got vision in this eye 
envisioning this eye and the eyes are set back and they're seeing something going on over here and something going on over here. And then how do they process it? Right. And, you know, I mean, I would be completely, Scott, if I had to process two eyes, I'd be in a heck of a shape. You know? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, because you look at a horse, well, let's take like um, a team roping horse, a head and horse. Okay. Well, you know, he might be seeing, you know, the steer, he might be seeing the healer, the healing horse over on, on his uh, right-hand side. And then on his left-hand side, he's seeing the guy going through selling popcorn, peanuts, caramel coated snacks. You know, I mean, it's, you know, two complete separate visions. And I think, I think people forget, you know, just uh, what a, what a forgiving animal the horse is. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That, that's beautiful what you said. And, and seeing two different things like that and then having somebody else on, on your back, you know, and you're and you're trying to perform at such a high level. So you're getting the feeling of, of somebody on your yeah. back. You're looking at two different things. You're, you have the crowd right. noise. There's a lot going on for that horse. And, and Dr. Yeah. Miller's book is just fascinating to read. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, when well, you, you know, and he's one of the first people that, you know, really put that down. Yes, and, uh, you know, we, we look at it, we look at, um, you know, the special senses and we study, you know, um, how does a horse see things? How did they view things? Where is their blind spot? Uh, why would they accept something on their back when that's how a prey animal, I mean, that's how a predator is going to bring them down and eat Absolutely. Them, is they get on the back and, and, uh, you know, you watch the lion get the zebra and he jumps on the back and there you go. Yep, that's yeah. that's exactly right. And they, they let us, you know, it, it's yes. a fascinating deal. And it's great you have the four-year class, you know, for horsemanship. And just so you can understand, yeah. the, you have to understand that to understand the process. Right. I, as far and as I, you're the educator, but as far as me, what I think. Um, well, I, no, I, I totally agree with everything you've said. I do. Yeah. Um, and that's why this... Uh, we have we have a young horse start in development and we have the sales prep class but our theory on this and uh, and i think i think if eric was here with me he'd agree 100 percent is you have no idea what it takes uh to start a horse unless you actually do it yes and so one of our capstone courses is that you will take a young horse and you will start the horse hence the sales prep class and young horse start development we we have that as one of our capstones so it gives everybody a chance to see what it takes and what's involved and sometimes it's just real easy to write the check and let somebody else do it sure sure it is sure yeah. it is but but to understand yeah. the horse it, it once you once yeah. you're learning with the horse the horse is going to teach you just as much when you're working you, you know and each horse is different you know, the methods are great, but each horse has a little bit different learning. Kind of, I guess, kind of like students. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Very much true. Um, and, and you know, uh, I think every student that comes to the program um, comes out with a better understanding of how horses think, how they process, um, you know, one of the hardest things that you're ever going to get a horse to do is forward motion. Well, when you really study what a prey animal is, 
they're going to have a bite of grass over here. They're going to have a bite of grass over there. They're going to have a bite of grass. You know, they don't think straight line. We're a predator. We think straight line. They don't. And, you know, the kids always go, geez, forward motion's awful. And, you know, they'll finally get the forward motion and they get their energy up and they get things going. But, um, and, and another, another thing too, I think one of the things that we really try to get across is a horse never forgets anything. You know, when I was a little kid growing up, I never realized how intelligent a horse was. I always thought, well, you know, are they? Because you don't, you don't see any, um, you don't see anything from the horse actually. And um, they, they never forget a thing, good or bad. And I always tell the kids, try to make it good, don't make it bad, because they're not going to forget that. You can right. work them through it, but if they have a bad experience, trailer loading, or they have a bad experience, that bad experience happened. And that's um, that's something that you're going to have to work through. That's, that's true. Yeah, they never they never forget. And, and they should, no. you know. No. Being a prey animal, no. you can't. It's life or death, no. you know, so they can't forget that. Oh my goodness. So let's talk. Okay. So favorite horse. What was your favorite horse as far as your rodeo horse or, or being around well, a horse? What was one of your favorites? Well, you know, I have a lot of them. Yeah. I, <laughs> I understand. Think, um, <laughs> I think one of my, uh, one of my horses um, that I absolutely love was an old mare. We called her Dolly, big old black mare, had a white star and, um, had a chance to use her for everything and then she had a she had a colt and um, my daughter Kayla rode that uh, uh, horse all through high school into college um, and Kayla's a veterinarian now and and uh, her name is Kayla Williams in New Plymouth Idaho and you sat back and it, it was really funny because I was talking this mare's name was Nikki and uh, Nick was one of those horses that you could you could run poles on her, you could run barrels on her, you could go calf rope on her, uh, you could break away on her, uh, you could, you know, team rope on her, you could do anything and everything, you could haze on this horse. Oh and, you know, my kids, now that their kids are looking at high school rodeo, you know, they called me up and they said, you know, we really had good horses. And I thought, we did. Um, and we had Bulldog and Team, Spiffy and Speedy, and, you know, we we had some winners. And um, they're, they're really hard to make, Scott. And I think, I, I just look back at all the horses that the kids competed on. Um, boy, what I want to give to have them back today. Isn't that amazing? You know? Just cherish yeah. them every day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, I've got... Um, three or four retirees that the kids have sent home and uh, I've got uncle bellboy <clears throat> and he's been to the state high school rodeo. He's been to the national high school rodeo. He's been to the NRA finals. He's been to the circuit finals and you sit back and you look at him and you know, he comes to feed and he's knees got a big knee. He's got this and that and the other. And, and uh, Kayla maintained him for a long time, but you know, he just hangs out with me now and I sit back and I look at him and it's like, you know, he was so good to all three of my kids. And uh, you don't forget that. No. And you don't forget those kind of horses. 
Right. Yeah. And they become part of your family. Well, you know, when they Indeed. take care of your kids, they, they really do. So uh, yeah. I know we're getting to the end of the show, but I have to ask you. So when someone's going out to look for a horse and, and, and like the horses you're talking about, how does somebody find that kind of horse? How, how do you what's the what's the best way? Well, for us, um, we raised a lot of our horses mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, um, we did back then. But now I would go to somebody, if, if I was looking for a horse, I would go to somebody that probably had something that was proven. Are you looking for a young rider or? You know, just people in general always like, how do you find right. that perfect family horse? You know, do you go to someone you're networked with or do you go to a, a breeder? Do you try and breed your own? Well, some people can't. They're going to buy one horse that suits yeah. the husband, the wife and the child, you know, yeah. from grades well, to the I, I would, I would, uh, uh, we always call it telemoccasin, but uh, I would, by word of mouth, put the word out that uh, what you're looking for, you know, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I'll get a call once, two or three or four times a month, do you know where there's a good breakaway horse? And a lot of times you'll see students that you've had maybe in, in college that maybe they're not, um, breakaway roping right now but you can team rope on the horse you can break away on the horse um you know the horse is the horse is a little older but the horse is sound and you know the horse is proven and uh, when somebody will call me and say you know they're looking for something to learn on or they're looking for uh, i i go to people i know and maybe you know if 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 there's um Somebody that I know and trust uh, real well, uh, they'll call me and say, you know, I know there's a pretty good horse here. And like I said, kind of word of mouth. There's a lot of people that that do trade, um, you know, and, and a lot of them very reputable. But um, I'll send a feeler out. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times the right horse will come around. But but you know a good horse, a really good horse, especially family horse like that, um, they're hard to find. They, they really are. are hard to find. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they sure. And it takes a lifetime to get them to that perfect spot. And then, oh, you know, you know and and just like us, so you know they learn every day. And and when they get to that level, um, they don't leave the ranch for our ranch for sure. We keep just like yours. Right. You know, we we want to yeah. keep them. So, so what advice, so we'll leave with this. What advice do you have for somebody that is trying to get in the industry? Um, if you're trying to get in the industry, the one thing that I've found, Scott, and I think this is really important, a degree matters. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to um, a lot of people that, you know, whether, whether you're in a direct job in the industry, whether it's an indirect job, um, a lot of people want to know that you're educated and that you're educated on how to feed, on uh, how to buy hay, um, you know, all of the basics of managing the industry. Um, and I, I honestly think if I was to tell somebody, I would tell them, find a good program. Um, I like ours, by the way. Yes, <laughs> Find sure. a good program. And... Uh, Come and get get a good background so you understand nutrition, that you understand animal anatomy, um, you understand, oh geez, you understand feet, you understand 
you know, your, your two most important relationships for anybody is a veterinarian and a farrier. And if you're going to have horses, those are things that you have to have. Um, have a good relationship with both. And I tell all the students, uh, you know, make sure you have a good relationship with your farrier and vet. But if, if I was to give advice, I would just say, you know, make sure that you get a good background. You need a background in nutrition. You need a background in anatomy. Make sure you have a good relationship with a farrier and make sure that you have a good relationship with a veterinarian and that you're on a good health regime. Right. It's a team, isn't it? It's a full team. Yes, it is. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. Mm -hmm.